Summer is in full swing. School is out, the temperatures are rising, and our thoughts turn to vacations. Trips to new or familiar places of adventure or jaunts to reconnect with family or friends are just part of summertime. And in some instances, we load up the car and head out with everyone in tow, and in other cases, we meet someone along the way. And either way, it can result in a wonderful time of exploration and connection. Now, when going on vacation, there is much to consider and to plan for, and we all have differing ideas about what a vacation or a road trip should look like. Last summer, Bruce and I decided to go out west. We'd never been before to that part of the country. We wanted to see the Grand Canyon, and so we decided we would make a road trip. Now, Bruce's idea of a road trip is to get in the car, drive until you see something of interest, a road sign, a detour, an historic landmark, stop, read everything you can see, take pictures, and then get back in the car and do the same thing until you come to something else a few miles down the road. My idea of a field of a road trip is to get from point A to point B as quickly and efficiently as possible and then start your vacation. So, after years of marriage, in order to accommodate both of our needs for this significant trip, Bruce headed out west a week early in his car. (laughs) And a week later, I got on the plane, flew straight to Arizona, where he picked me up, and then we had a wonderful time, a week of vacation. (laughs) It worked. (laughs) Well, in our text today, we see that Jesus is taking a road trip of sorts, but certainly not a vacation. One translation of this passage in Luke says, Jesus steeled himself for the journey to Jerusalem. The purpose of Luke's text is not so much to show us the geographical journey toward Jerusalem, but rather it's a framework for showing us what it means to follow Jesus. Jesus has finished his ministry in Galilee and is now beginning the journey towards Jerusalem. He has set his face towards the next stop, and he knows it will be the last stop. Now, if we read back a few verses in the chapter that we read from this morning, we can see how the travelers on the road with Jesus have witnessed him feed 5,000, James and John and Peter have gone up the mountain and seen Jesus transfigured before their eyes. They have seen him heal a child that was possessed. And twice in this chapter alone, Jesus has made it very clear to the disciples that he is going to suffer and die. Now, as they got ready for this journey, of course, there had to be a few preparations as they didn't have a Motel 6 in those days. So Jesus chooses James and John, who have been with him on this journey for quite a while, to go ahead and scout out the accommodations for this road trip. James and John, nicknamed the Sons of Thunder, are the ones who are sent to Samaria to negotiate accommodations. What was Jesus thinking? (laughs) Jews and Samaritans have a long history of not getting along, so the hopes of accommodations are tenuous at best. 
And true to character, the Samaritans are not hospitable to the Jews. And also true to character, the sons of thunder want to rain down some of that thunder on the Samaritans. Jesus rebukes them and redirects these brothers, and they move ahead on the path toward Jerusalem. Have you ever noticed that when there is something new that surfaces in the news about a person or a celebrity, that news travels quickly? It's often featured on local or national news, on tabloids, in magazines. People are fascinated with celebrities in their lifestyles. The same was true in Jesus' day. They might not have had the media we do, but Scripture tells us that the news of this one who healed the sick, cast out demons, changed water into wine, spread around the villages and towns. And those who longed to be whole, those who had been ill for years, and those who were just curious about this new guy on the scene sought out Jesus And as he journeyed from town to town, he spoke of the kingdom of God through his teaching and healing. And so as this unlikely band of followers head down the road to Jerusalem, Luke tells us of three different situations where the seekers or the wannabes approach Jesus to inquire about being a follower. The first vows to follow Jesus wherever he goes. Gosh, I want to see you do these miracles, and I I want to be there when you turn a few fish and loaves into a banquet. I love the translation of the message. It says, Jesus was curt. Are you ready to rough it? We're not staying in the best inns, you know. Not the usual loving response we've seen from Jesus, but maybe at this point, Jesus is like the parent who's had to answer the question a hundred times, are we there yet? and has lost a bit of patience. Or maybe Jesus' response is a bit exaggerated because Jesus wants to shock these seekers with the importance and the immediacy of bringing in the kingdom of God. Jesus wants this seeker to realize that no one will be leaving the lights on for this band of travelers. This life of following Jesus is not some fly-by-night sort of arrangement. It can require leaving the comfort of your home, your belongings, and following an uncertain path. Their journey continues, and this time it is Jesus who extends the invitation to follow. Certainly is the answer given, but I need to go back home first and and take care of some business. You see, I need to make arrangements for my father's funeral. Now, any good Jewish person would know that that's a reasonable request, for it was considered a cultural duty to provide an adequate funeral for your father. It's not some silly excuse like the dog ate my homework. That is a ritual that any practicing Jew would have honored. But Jesus is not interested in traditions. He has set his face forward to Jerusalem, and if you want to be a follower of his, you have to forsake even burying your father. Jesus says, your business is life, and this life of building the kingdom here on earth, not death. And announcing the kingdom of God is urgent business. Then the third wannabe says, okay, I'm in. I'm ready to follow you, but I need to go back and and get some things straightened out at home. Say goodbye to the folks and finish up some business, and I'll catch you all down the road a bit. But again, Jesus says, no, no looking back. You can't put God's kingdom off until tomorrow 
when you get all the things straightened out. The time is now. Ouch. Jesus has been a little cranky here. But I imagine that Jesus is weary. He knows what lies ahead, and he's told his disciples this, but they really don't get it, and neither do those who approach him along the road. I have to imagine that this is really a very heavy load for Jesus to carry, knowing that he's moving toward the end, and yet no one seems to understand and join him in this struggle. And no one seems to be able to have that same zeal and commitment in following this path either. So let's be real. We really are no different than these people we've just mentioned. We want to follow Jesus, but we like the stability of having a home and food and insurance, and we have obligations of caring for our family and things, and we have responsibilities that we can't just walk away from, right? Jesus' answer to those wanting to delay the journey reminds us and Christians in every generation that there are always justifiable excuses to defer the journey or to put off a commitment to discipleship. Other matters will always compete for our attention. But does the grace, mercy, and love of God made flesh in Jesus trump our plans and shape our lives? Or do we shape our faith to fit the lives we've already planned? Jesus' call is to follow. No real roadmap, no advanced reservations, no guarantees. Just follow me. Follow me whether it's to a physical place or a place of practice and ideas. Follow me to live in a different neighborhood or to confront a corrupt institution. Follow me in defeating evil and injustice. You never know where the path of Jesus might take you. It might lead you away from a comfortable income with insurance and benefits to an unstable place of a new ministry. Sarah Belcher Halter, one of Highland's own, has decided to follow Christ in a new way. She and her husband Dave and their two preschoolers are moving to Africa, where Dave will work as a surgeon in Tanzania, helping to train Christian African physicians so that they can minister in their country where there's a great need for medical help. They are leaving family. Bob and Kathy won't be able to see those grandchildren as often. But Sarah and Dave have answered this particular call to serve. Being a follower of Christ requires us all to take risks. It may not mean traveling across the ocean for most of us, but it could mean walking across the street to help a neighbor, or speaking up when a friend is being bullied, or walking in a parade for gay rights, or being the presence of Christ at the bedside of someone in the hospital. If you notice in our text, Jesus called and encouraged people to follow as, as he went along. He set about doing the work of love as he went about his business each day, by the seashore, in the temple, on the road, at a friend's house. As he was living life, he was about this business of love. At times I have people say to me, you know, I want to follow Jesus, and I really want to do the will of God if I just knew what it was. 
And I have to say, wait a minute, you do know what the will of God is. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and your mind and your strength and your neighbor as yourself. And I would say that that is a very good starting point. And if we get that right, we all will have done well. So I have to admit that even though I'm standing here telling you that you need to take risks, those risks make me a little uncomfortable as well. I like to know what comes next, as you can tell how I do travel plans. I don't necessarily mind risks as long as they're the ones that I'm prepared to take. (laughs) So when I was thinking about the text this week, it occurred to me. Now, why why is it exactly that we are doing this, taking risks, speaking out, turning the other cheek? Why in the world would people want to deny their own needs, speak against injustice in the world, and love people who are downright unlovable? You know, that can seem like a crazy proposition at times. How do you really explain this to people? And folks could ask, oh, okay, if I'm going to follow Jesus, what's in it for me? Now, the standard line for the church has been, this will get you to heaven. And I believe that, and I'm counting on that. But that's a long way off, I hope. And so, in the meantime, what is it you want me to do? Jesus calls each of us to follow, to be the presence of Christ in a world that is hurting, so that the heart of God can be experienced on earth as it is in heaven. Perhaps the promise of the gospel is not so much that we will understand it all, or be in control of the outcomes, but rather that God in Jesus joins us on this journey that sometimes can seem pretty crazy. And God holds on to us and eventually brings us out on the other side. And even though this journey with Jesus requires sacrifice and sometimes loss and denial of ourselves, I really believe that at the core of us, there is something deep within that resonates with this one who is love. To be on this journey with Christ is to know that place of love in Christ, where the world gets really quiet and your soul sings. It's to find a place of refuge and comfort when all around you the world is crumbling. To be on journey with God is to be open to the challenge that calls us to be more, to step out and to live into the wholeness that God wants for each of us. It is the voice that says, follow me without a roadmap, and I will walk with you on this adventure and never leave or forsake you. The invitation is always before us to travel this path of discipleship to which God calls us or to go back home and deal with the business at hand. Jesus' invitation is to all. Are you ready for the road trip of your life? Then follow me. Let us pray. Give us courage this day, O God, to hear your call and to be your followers, whether it is on our street, at our jobs, or across the ocean. 
open our eyes to see the needs in others in new ways and to be the ones who are willing to step forward and offer help in your name. May we as individuals and as this community of faith be willing to be on journey with and for you. Through Christ we pray. Amen.